1: better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast it's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs we are your host Chris Schubert's so here floating around producing this thing we're from the draft network and we're brought to you by bet online your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season you always find the latest odds team match of info player news and game trends over at bet online they are your continued source for all sports wagering information featuring live betting free contests and giveaways all season long they have all the sports so head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit just be sure to use our promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive your rewards it's BetOnline online and it's where the game starts kyle happy national kettlebell day to you happy national
2: curried chicken day you ever had curry chicken
1: I have, but I was saving that for November or January twelfth, twenty twenty four. So
2: Oh, that was your your runner up. Yeah. Yeah. It's National I'm a big tea fan. in twenty twenty
1: five.
2: So. Lo low key curry is like a top five spice. Really? That's a take. It's you just can't have too much of it. But if you have the right balance of it, like uh. there's a restaurant up here that does curry chicken that I get every so often that is just to die for.
1: I like curried chicken. I don't I've never done it myself, but I've ordered it and I do enjoy it.
2: Yeah, I would never be able to to, to cook it right myself. There's yeah. no question. Yeah, fair enough.
1: Christopher, how art
3: thou? Uh, greetings, Joseph. Big show today here on a Thursday. We've got the weekly watch list. Are we doing a playoff version of the Draft Dudes Underdog Moneyline Parlay? We're winners. We're on a one-week winning streak. We might as well roll the winnings Wait, in. Wait, we got to pick three? Three underdogs. That's the way it works. Half Each the games. We got to pick half the games and big an underdog. <sighs> that, that, that's how it works. Uh, we have um, the... Levy Grail for a couple of teams, the Packers being one of them. I forget who the other team is off the top of my head. Uh, Titans. The Titans. Sorry ah. to the Tennessee Titans fans out there. And then a big board of the top five favorite cities that we have ever visited. Kyle, you who could requested Stop this? moving in your chair because it's very annoying. Uh, Andrew <laughs> on this? Twitter requested this. Okay, I will keep my butt in my seat. It's a very loud chair. This is this goes back to <laughs> this goes back to yesterday's show, when we said, hey, we need a new chair. Uh, it's been well-documented that I need a new chair. Just saying. Another proof. Uh, weekly watch list. Watch the playoff games. There you go. There's the weekly watch list. Yeah,
1: I recommend it. They're all standalone games, right? Saturday, Sunday, and Monday night, right? Monday night wild card game, the Cowboys and Bucks. So, so that's the game in watch each those. spot that you should, uh, should watch.
3: <laughs> uh, do we want to try to tackle this draft through Zoder Dog Moneyline Parlay?
1: I think that's a fun way to look at these games, right? It's wild card weekend. You've got some big point spreads here, right? So... I think we're all interested in who's the upsets, right? What what team is not going to advance that is, quote-unquote, supposed to advance? And when I look at this Saturday slate, is there a world where Seattle beats the 49ers? There is a world that is a po-
3: possible outcome. One of the timelines does have that, yes. I don't think it's a plausible outcome, but it's a
2: possible outcome.
1: What what if you do this? What if you do this? What if you say, <laughs> Gino <laughs> Smith versus Brock Purdy? Like, is does that inspire any belief? You know the game's not that simple. I know. But if you're Seattle, don't you try to make it that? I don't think you can. Well,
2: I would say no because when Seattle's at their best it's when they're pounding the rock, right?
1: Yeah. I think you you have – if you're going to play San Francisco, you have to force them out of their script. And that's tough because they have a great defense, right?
2: Yeah. You got to score early and – Make him try to throw the ball with some yeah. level of consistency. We will. We will. We will. Oh, Chris, is very confused.
3: Well, because i I was afraid to bring this we woo to the table because of what it's going to do to the show. We have the first the inaugural players all pro team via the NFL Players
1: Association. Oh. Do we well, want? There goes the show. <laughs> do we want to do this right now? I think we're. Doing I mean, this. do you want to do the rest of the show or do you want to do this? Because <sighs> I'm I'm pretty sure this is going to be it.
3: I, I, I'm here. I'm here for the chaos. I'm, let, let's do it. I will read Good you word. the players
1: all. Is it just first, first team or is just like first multiple team. Just first. Okay. Team. all right. we, we might be able to live in this world. All right.
3: Quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Running back, Josh Jacobs. Fullback, Kyle Juszczyk. Wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams. Tight end, Travis Kelsey. Left tackle, Trent Williams. Left guard, Joel Petonio. Center, Jason Kelsey. Right guard, Zach Martin. Right tackle, Lane Johnson. Your edge rushers are Nick Bosa and Miles Garrett. Your interior defensive linemen are Chris Jones and Aaron Donald. Your nose tackle is Dexter Lawrence. Your off ball linebackers are Fred Warner and Roquan Smith. Corners, Patrick Sertan II and Darius Slay. Free safety, Minka Fitzpatrick. Strong safety, Derwin James Jr. Kick returner, Cordell Patterson. Punt returner, Cavante Turpin. Core teamers, Jeremy Reeves and Justin Hardy, your kicker, Jason Myers, your punter, Tommy Townsend, and your long snapper, Morgan Cox. There you go. There's your inaugural. There's nothing
1: to yell about, right? First
2: team. We we live in a world where Tyreek Hill wasn't an all-pro this year.
1: Yeah. Well, they're going to tell you that Devontae Adams had double the touchdowns.
2: I'm going to tell you Tyreek Hill had 119 receptions and 1,700
3: receiving yards. Also, I don't want to be that guy, but that Aaron Donald vote is a legacy vote. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we're yes.
1: We're going to lose our minds. There's nothing to lose. I don't find anything to lose my mind over there.
3: No, but there's, you know, there's some legacy stuff in here that is, is interesting. Uh, I actually a, think you know. they got corner right.
2: I think they got corner right with certain and, and Slay.
3: Back to what we were <laughs> working on. Yeah. Which is the Draft Dudes' underdog money line parlay. Joe, you were talking about Seattle, San Francisco. Anything else you want to say there, or shall we continue?
1: No, I think it's going to be tough for Seattle. All right, Jackson. Seattle goes... farted around with the Rams last week. You know what I mean? In a do-or-die moment.
3: It's true.
1: Um, the Jags and the Chargers. The
3: Jags would be the money line, even as a home team.
2: Plus 106. Plus 106. A bet online. It's,
1: it's tough, but you could do it. There's probably a path for Jacksonville, right?
2: Is Mike Williams playing?
1: I think so. Is Mike Williams
2: going to be 100%? Well, well,
1: that's, yeah, that's probably
3: the question. That's the big mystery, right? I will tell you, if we go through all of these games and we go, that could be the one, we're going to start eliminating actual options because there's only six games. So at some point, one of us has to claim one of these. And I know the one that all of us are waiting to claim. And so does somebody want to just do it? Does somebody just want to take the Giants over the Vikings and we can just kind of make it two picks from five games? I'll do it. Okay, because the Vi- the Giants are plus one forty two on the money line, so that feels very likely. All right, so that now we have five games. We need to pick two from there. So that's the Saturday slate.
2: I could tell. I could. Yeah, that's the Saturday slate, and then you have one o'clock Dolphins Bills, four o'clock Giants Vikings, eight o'clock Ravens Bengals. I ain't touching that game with a ten foot pole. No. And then Cowboys-Bucks. The Bucks, I can see I mean, the bu- the Bucks at home are a reasonable underdog money yeah. line parlay option at plus for 120.
3: For sure.
2: Correct. Tom sure. Brady versus a team that has really struggled in the postseason with historically a big enough sample size where like it would not be a surprise to be like, oh man, Dallas didn't win.
1: Right. I don't think Dak's playing his best football right now. Todd Bowles has proven to be a, a good Defensive scheme pro- person, right? Like you feel like he's going to have the right stuff here to make it difficult on him. Just a matter of Tampa Bay can get enough going offensively. Well, they happen to have Tom Brady as a quarterback.
3: Chris, do you want that game? You can have it. It's okay. We're, I mean, someone's going to have to pick one of the other games I'm, anyway. Uh, I'm either, either going to take the Jaguars or I'm going to take the Bucks. Well Those are the two that I was considering as well. So we might as well just okay. So let's those let's down. just
2: we'll communi- communally lock them in. Don't matter who's who. Those are the options.
3: Oh, this is interesting, folks. A $10 bet. The Joe Marino special only wins you $99 and 67 cents. So we have a better chance of hitting this than we do better odds. I'd hope so. It's hitting the playoffs, this playoffs,
1: right? Than the ones we hit last week. Let's do the Levy Grail, man. The Titans and Packers, the last two teams for the Levy Grail. Okay. Let's get these puppies done here. So shall we? For Fight the last time men. this year. Fight on my is. men. Fight on my men. Fight on Fight my men. On my men. I'm hurt, but I'm not slain. I'll lay me down and bleed a while, and then I'll rise and fight again. Tennessee Titans, Green Bay Packers, you controlled your own destiny in week 18, but you're here, and you are new. But they are teams. who
2: we thought they were.
1: and we do- They're new teams, right? Your first time here with us in the Levy Grounds. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, Titans, uh, the Titans, let's talk about their – assets cap space negative 26 not so fast don't be concerned here the Tennessee Titans have so many they have an abundance of opportunity with their existing contracts to create a plethora of cap space you can release Ryan Tannehill and save 18 million you can release Robert Woods 12 million Zach Cunningham 9.2 Taylor Luan 15 million I think you could say goodbye to all those players You can restructure Kevin Byard for 6.2, Harold Landry for 10.4, Monty Hooker for 3.4, and Bud Dupree for 10.5, or you can just release Bud Dupree and get nine. There is cap space to be created here. Pretty much anything you want to get done here, you should be able to get yourself well out of that hole and into a situation where you can add veteran talent. You have draft picks as well. Pick 11, 42, 73, so three in the top 75, including 11, 148, 185, and 230. And Kyle, when I look at the Tennessee Titans and I think about the number 11 pick, I'm thinking about trading on back, right? I mean, I'm talking about a big old move down the board. Get yourself a bunch of stuff to move and forward. You might with. as well g- get out of the first round altogether, right? Let's. Oh, let's... <laughs> if the court, yeah, man, like you got to really be thinking about stuff, like really set yourself up, especially with, uh, you know, John Robinson's not around anymore. There's going to be new GM there. You can really stockpile a ton of assets to uh, craft this roster along with Mike Rabel moving forward.
2: I guess here, here's, here's where I look at the Titans. The Titans went nine and seven for four consecutive seasons and then had breakthroughs and went 11 and five and 12 and five. Right. Good stretch. And yeah. You had an outstanding six year window and that that's, That's the standard in the NFL, right? Like, don't compare yourselves to the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre or the New England Patriots with Tom Brady for 20 years, right? Like, it just doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. You had a strong winning window, and you broke the glass ceiling that existed over that winning window when you changed from Marcus Mariota to Ryan Tannehill, and you appeared in a conference championship game, and then you won 23 games the next two seasons combined. I think you needed this year. If we're being honest with what the team is, where the roster's at, at the end of the winning window, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. But like, look at what Howie Roseman has done with the Philadelphia. Like they do it cyclically. Right. And it's like, you got to understand, we got to take a few steps back. But if Mike Vrabel's in place, Mike Rabel, if I was starting a team and needed a head coach, Mike Vrabel's top blank on your list of candidates,
1: right? He's high. He's high up there.
2: He's a a very, very good NFL head coach. Players love him. He's a hard-nosed guy, but he's also a pro player. He's capable of walking that balance. He's the right guy to get you through a transitional year or two, in my mind. And if this year and next year need to be transitional years, you know what the identity of your football team is. You've had success with it. It might have to change and evolve, right? Because Derrick Henry's getting a little older. But I think this bad medicine of this year and the way that this season ended, losing however many games consecutively that it there were was. seven and
1: three. Yeah, seven and three, right?
2: Yeah, to seven and 10. So they lost seven consecutive games to end the season. That bad medicine, I think, is the reality that the winning window that you operated within is probably closed and now it is about reloading and not having to rebuild because I promise you if you try to just go back and go get it again you'll probably be in these shoes again next year I would strongly encourage the Titans to make some hard decisions understand that Life cycles are a normal part of the NFL. And you are just at the end of what your winning window for what your team has looked like is. That doesn't mean that a new winning window can't start next year or two years from now. But it comes with the acknowledgement that we have to be a team in transition. And I think if the Titans won that game and went to the playoffs at eight and nine, I think it would be much easier for you to paint that rosy picture and say, "Hey, we're still close. Let's run it back again next year." And I think that story would end much less favorably for the Titans and Titans fans than taking this bad medicine right now.
1: I, I like that angle, Kyle, and bringing up life cycles. I think is a, is a good direction and one of my one of my core philosophies in in team building. Is that I think your goal is to be as good as you can for as long as you can, and you have to hope to get a little bit lucky, right? I think that's part of uh, of a of a formula that I don't know that a lot of people are comfortable admitting, but it's just right. kind of the reality of it, right? Well, like, and, and and they did in 2019. They just it, yeah. ran so out of was, gas
2: in the wrong spot.
1: That was that's my kind of where I'm getting. So you had this window. You said it's about six years, uh, five years with Mike Vrabel, where you were the number one scene in the AFC playoffs where you went to the AFC championship game, um, you won a couple of division titles. Like you had a nice stretch here. You, you kept that window open for as long as possible. But I'll say something that's critical, which is okay, because this person's no longer affiliated with this organization. I think the, the number one reason why you weren't able to go further in this window is because of John Robinson, who's no longer there. I think John Robinson has failed the team when it comes to providing enough depth. Right. I've, I've evaluated this roster for a number of years. They've been part of my pro scouting responsibilities for the draft network. And every single year I go into it, I say, I think they got a good enough starting lineup. I don't think they have enough depth. And you saw that this year. I mean, they only had three players in their defense play all 17 games. Right. It's just not enough. And I, I think offensively, there just hasn't been enough. And it's because of failed draft picks and inability to retain their own um, and, and win in free agency. Right. A lot of failures with Julio Jones. Um, with trying to find the, the pass rusher, uh, whether it was Vic Beasley or Jadavion Clowney, um, just a lot of darts that didn't stick. And I, I put this on John Robinson. I really do. I think that was the reason why you couldn't capitalize on your window. And I think you should be excited that you are at the point now where you're kind of in a, in a reload opportunity and you're going to have new decision makers that that gets the number one thing out of the way that prevented you in that last window. It's a great point.
2: It's a great point. So I think with Tennessee, it really just comes down to hey, you have won in a really unique fashion. And if you want to continue to do that, you can try to do that. But it's good, you mentioned Taylor Lewan as a cut candidate, and the rest of the the offensive line is kind of in flux. I think the way that this season unfolded is just going to force you to ask yourself some challenging questions about who we are, what our centerpieces are, and how it can evolve. And I think it should evolve. I think it has to evolve for Tennessee. And I think they're going to be in the right frame of mind because they illustrated the openness to making some of those changes by already making the change with John Robinson, like you mentioned.
1: They got pieces, Kyle. I mean, some some young players in offense. Chica Conquo at tight end looked like a nice player, which tough to come in and make an impact at tight end. Uh, he did that. Uh, Traylon Burks, I thought, had a good rookie season. Nate Davis looks like an answer at right guard. Uh, Nicholas Petit-Friere at right tackle. I mean, I think he exceeded expectations as a rookie, as, as a guy that wound up being a starter for them at right tackle. Um, defensively, Jeffrey Simmons, Kevin Byer, David Long. I mean, come on now. That's a nice uh, trio there at, at all three levels. Long's so a defense. good player, man. He's a Long's good player. A good player. You, you got Amani Hooker under contract. Elijah Molden only played two games this year. I think he's going to be an answer for you. Christian Fulton, Roger McCreary was good for you this year. Roger, uh, Rashad Weaver flashed. Um, so I think, I think there's a, there's a decent amount of talent here. Ben Jones is a good center. I think you've got a Derrick Henry place for this football team, um, I think there's a, a decent amount of young players and established vets here that you should feel good about your your core roster uh, to build around moving forward. I don't think this is a complete teardown, but you have an opportunity to move on from some players I think you need to in Tannehill, Woods, Cunningham, and Luan. Some restructures who are good candidates in Bayard, Landry, and Hooker. Those guys are going to be around, right? Those are good restructured candidates. If you don't like Bud Dupree, you can still get $9 million from releasing him. So I just like the balance of – Release versus restructure candidates, and how that intertwines with what I think is a, a reasonable nucleus. And one more talking point: that stadium looks awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, the wow, concept, right? like, the cons- concepts are like jaw-droppingly good,
1: bro. I, I that one hit me right. Like I've, we've seen a lot of really cool stadiums come through. That was one that was like. Wow, that's beautiful. It fe- like in having been to Nashville, it feels like Nashville. You're suddenly going to start getting Super Bowls and you know college football playoff games, all the stuff. Uh, I think you're just in a really, really unique place, and and getting that stadium is going to really continue when, this when it Ascension do? of Nashville. I, I think it twenty is twenty twenty six. I don't know. Maybe Chris can can look that up. Um, that should uh, be
2: that should be Tennessee's goal. For the opening, legitimate opening of your next winning window,
3: to coincide with that stadium, said it could open by the 2026 NFL season. So that is the earliest date that they're willing to put on it. Okay, Bro, I so 20, 2023 them, is a
2: transitional there. year. 20. Okay, so you should be into your next winning window by the time that season opens. So the hype around Tennessee should be hitting fever pitch when that stadium opens. Green Bay Packers.
1: Green Bay Packers. Let's do it. All right. You know, I'm going to start by talking about resources. Well, the Packers are over the cap by $5 million. You can look at Kenny Clark as a restructure candidate. It saves you $6 million and you are suddenly in a, a good cap space in terms of not being under the cap. But I think the real excitement here with the Packers is your draft picks. I mean, you got 10 of these puppies, 15, 46, 79, 116, 150, 171, 218, 234, 240. I think you could probably look at some of those later picks there and maybe move up a little bit, uh, maybe move back, kind of really just be, be willing to to navigate the board here. Uh, with an opportunity to infuse your roster with young talent after you, you did so this past year with a bunch of draft picks that look like they're going to be core players. So I think your, your overall infusion of young talent between last year and what could come this year looks to be really strong.
2: Can we start with this? This is Green Bay's seventh losing season since 1990. Mm.
1: You think about that. I bet you most teams have had seven since 2000.
2: I bet you half had, the league's had, I've had seven, seven losing in a seasons. Row. I've had seven in a row. Right. So I don't say that to kind of dismiss <laughs> the hardships that Green Bay is facing, right? But at the same time, you talk about culture. You talk about an organiz- organizational culture. Green Bay has had that firmly instilled in them with... All of the major pieces. Now, you could look at, okay, Ted Thompson versus Brian Guttenkiste, and, and the the difference, in Guttenkiste is still new. You can look at Sherman and Holgrom and McCarthy versus Lafleur, but Lafleur had three thirteen win seasons in his first three seasons in Green Bay, right? Like pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> there is a standard in Green Bay that is e- not equaled by too many standards across the rest of the NFL. If I had to bet which teams were going to figure it out and have the right people in place to understand what needs to be done, I would be willing to bet the Green Bay Packers would be high on that list.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point, man. The mechanics of what it, of knowing what it looks like, knowing what it smells like, knowing what it tastes like, uh, that's never been more evident than the Green Bay Packers and the long history that they have. Are they got talent, Kyle. How about uh, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs? Look like a couple of nice rookie wide receivers. Um, I, I mean this in a good way. I think you've developed the most versatile offensive line in the NFL with Zach Tom playing four positions this year and playing well as a rookie. Um, you have Yosh Nijman, who's played both tackle spots for you. A ton of experience. John Runyon's played a lot of those interior spots. Royce Newman, multiple spots. You've got in Elgin Jenkins, who's just unbelievably uh, versatile. So I think I think throughout your attrition that you've experienced for a number of years with this offensive line, with a ton of injuries, you have developed a ton of positional flexibility and versatility, and you feel like you can solve problems with your offensive line based on the experience that they've gained throughout the years. And I think they're going to be better for that moving forward and allow them to really figure out what their best combination is up front. I mean, David Bakhtiari played 11 games this year. Uh, we had a question in takes-on-takes in, um, in takes that David Bakhtiari would never play another snap again for the Green Bay Packers. So I think that there's some momentum here with the O-line and, and some of your skill players. Obviously, nice tandem with Dylan and, and Jones at, at running back. There's enough here to feel good about how you can – piece this together moving forward offensively. And then defensively, I mean, Rashawn Gary is going to be back next year. Uh, Jair Alexander is a top five corner in the league. Devondre Campbell, uh, Devontae Wyatt flashed more and more as the season went along. Rasul Douglas had another good year for you. Kingsley and Igbari looks like a nice pass rusher. Uh, Quay Walker gained a lot of experience this year. So I I think you've got a lot of players that have gained some really good experience that's going to be well equipped to take a step next year. So, And I think
2: that's really important to impress upon the questions that exist with what Aaron Rodgers is going to decide to do, right? He was asked to do a jersey swap after the game. I think it was Jameson Williams asked him to do a jersey swap. He said, no, I think I got to hold on to this one, right? And it's yeah. kind of kick-started this speculation, once again, on Aaron Rodgers. But you mentioned the versatility of the offensive line. So if you get two good pieces, regardless of what positions they play, and you pair that with Christian Watson and the the youth of Romeo Dubs and the running backs in Dillon and Jones, if you have to make a transition, you can't help but feel like this team has a lot of pieces in place to offer really strong infrastructure moving forward for whoever the quarterback is. Now, you obviously, with, with what you committed to pay Aaron Rodgers and what the ramifications are of that, according to our friends over at SpotTrack, Um if Aaron Rodgers plays, he has 36 point, $31.6 million in cap space that is non-restructurable money. If he is traded, his dead cap hit is $40.3 million. If he retires, his dead cap hit is $40.3 million. And if he is cut, the dead cap hit is $99.7 million. He ain't going to get cut, right? At the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers would either get traded, retire, or play. But the fact that you can take that in stride... And you don't feel like, wow, we have to dramatically increase the talent on the offense. I think you need to get better on the offensive line, if we're being honest. You have a lot of versatility. I don't think you have a lot of good starters, if we're being honest. But you can find interior offensive linemen on day two. You can find veteran players after post-June 1st free agency that you could probably sign for 5 or $6 million a piece. You can go find those pieces So whatever, you are not as big of a victim of whatever Aaron Rodgers decides as what I initially thought that you were when I first looked at the Packers. And I think that's a win for Green Bay.
1: Anything else here on the Packers?
2: Got a really good defensive nucleus. A lot of defensive talent. A lot of defensive talent. Jerry Alexander is one of the best corners in football. Quay Walker, if he can just chill out a little bit, it's going to be a really nice player for them.
1: He was underrepped coming into the league, right? He's super he was. talented, right? He he's going to be better for all this.
2: I just I just meant pushing medical staff. <laughs> um Kenny Clark's one of the best nose tackles in football. Devante White splashed big time when he was on the field. And I know he got more playing time down the stretch in December and, and was really impactful. This rookie class is, is looks like it's really going to round into form for them. Yeah. So, yeah. Lots, lots of talent to look forward to.
3: Big board? Big board. Top five cities we visited?
2: What's the parameters? Like... I just enjoy this city. This city has a lot to do. I could see myself living here. Like what,
3: what scope did you guys take? So I took the approach of these are cities. A couple of these cities higher up on the list are, I would live in these cities. A couple of them are, I enjoy visiting there and would visit regularly. If given the opportunity, Um, those are the two buckets that I fell into.
1: Okay. As I considered my list, I came away thinking that most of the places I feel like I visit are extremely overrated, and so wow, what I did is I settled into five places that my overall experiences have been positive. I like the vibe, um, and they're 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 all on here for a number of reasons. But for the most part, it was just an overall reflection on my time in that place, how it made me feel. Okay, and that's what I settled on. Okay. Is there going to be any overlap from any any of us in this? Uh, I'd be willing to bet we... (laughs) There will be overlap. There there will be
2: at least two overlaps of one city, not on all three ballots, but on two of the three ballots. Oh, I have a wee-woo. Oh, gosh. Okay. (laughs) Head coach Mike McDaniel has said that Tua Tonga-Valoa has been ruled out. For Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. So remember okay. earlier in the sh- earlier in the show when yeah to just throw all that in the trash.
3: do not it. Yeah, Chris. Maybe um, maybe
2: we take that part out. That'd, be, maybe that'd be, probably be, helpful. be <laughs> helpful. That'd probably be helpful.
3: <laughs> number five. Coming to number five. Go ahead, Chris. No, go ahead, Joe. You you had a big old intro. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, you went with it.
1: I just gotta or give that, a that's shout out to go my in the sound bar. Mike, Mike, man, I. I love that TikTok account. I really
2: and do. Joe's all fired up because he found out too is not playing, so now he's all now he's all juiced.
1: No, that's you know that not how I am, man. That's not how I am at all. Um, all right, I'll just go number five. Number number five for me is North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Um, I think there's a lot of bad beach towns on the East Coast. And maybe I need to spend a little bit more time down in Florida to appreciate what they have to offer. And I really like Dewey Beach, Kyle. Actually, I I'm kind of thinking I may have should have included that. I that was a that I vibed with that. Um, that's a Del- that's Delaware, right? Yes, Dewey Beach is okay. in Delaware. I would say that there's a lot of a lot of things that I'm about to say about North Myrtle Beach that I think are true about Dewey Beach, and that you get a clean beach town, you got a good restaurant scene. Um, I think the way that the resorts and condos are positioned are are very, very intelligent in terms of just proximity to the, to the shore. And it's just a very, just nice place to navigate where it just some of these other beach towns on the East coast are just kind of trashy to me. And uh, I don't, I feel like I get, I feel like I get a good experience when I go to North Myrtle beach, South Carolina, good golf scene there too. You know, I'll go next. Number five for me, it's
3: written down here on the page. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, number five Wait, for no me. No north, no north. Just, I just like the whole Myrtle Beach area. My parents just <gasps> moved down there. They're on the north side. My parents are on the north side of Myrtle Beach, so that Bro, there is, is very a nice. line in
1: the sand there. You don't go past. There is, but I, I don't. Just,
3: Myrtle Beach, very good. As Joe mentioned, the golf scene down there, very, very good. A good time if you'd like to play some golf down there. So number five for me. That's why. Number five for me is not Myrtle
2: Beach or North North Myrtle Beach. North
1: for me, very it's, clear. It's
2: it's none of those. Uh, it is Chicago, City of Chicago. I went in the summertime. You get the lake, you get the downtown city area, you got the river that runs right through. It's this very neat blend of elements in one place. But boy, oh, boy, would I not want to be there in the winter months. <laughs> or probably the late fall or early spring. That <laughs> that ain't going to be for me, but if you go to Chicago in the summertime, uh the downtown area is very very cool. Uh you have all sorts of opportunities that have meshed into one place with with the lake. Uh they got like these beachy vibes, uh meets metropolitan like within walking distance. It's very cool. And uh I went two years ago for the first time and, and really enjoyed it there. So Chicago, number
1: five on my list. I, I don't love a lot of big cities and that'll be pretty obvious in my list. But if there is a big city that I would put, it would be Chicago. That's my favorite big city. Uh, number four for me, Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I am unapologetically a big fan of country music, um, traditional country music, especially. And so I feel connected to it there. Um, and I, I like that about it. Um, I don't necessarily love like the, you know, bachelorette party city USA component of it, right? Like that's a piece of it. But I think once you get kind of past that and realize just to lay out the uniqueness of the place, somebody who likes live music, I think it delivers to me in a lot of ways, especially for the country music. scene. (laughs) Number
3: four for me, uh, I, I have a degree in journalism and mass communication, but I have a minor in political science. I'm a big fan of history. I'm a big fan of the way the world works Washington, DC, number four Mm. for me on the list. There is something very special to Mm. me of going to the place where you can see the Capitol, you can see the White House, you can see the Washington Monument, you can see the link, you can see all of these different historical things. There was something very special about that. This is that tear break for me. The next three cities on the list are cities that I like to visit and I also would live in. This is that tear break for me. Washington DC, not a place that I'd like to live, but I love going to visit for the historical um context that it has.
2: Number 4 for me is another outdoorsy environment and it's Denver. Have you guys been to Denver? Never. I have. It was an honorable mention. Yeah, it's um again, it's the the mix of elements of outdoor experiences, indoor experiences metropolitan experiences, and just the the variety that you can have in a place like Denver. I haven't been in a while. It's probably been 10 years since I've been to Denver, but it, it did leave a, a lasting impression to me the last time that I went out there. And I'm a big sucker for the mountains, if we're being honest. So uh, if you love the mountains, if you love the scenes, if you like to get out and hike and walk and, and experience – mother nature in all of her glory odds are you'll you'll probably enjoy some of the things that are a hop skip and a jump away uh in denver so denver number four for me
1: number three for me is santorini greece um just Guy a went international on his big board. yeah love stunningly to see beautiful place um and there's so much variety there. Obviously scenically, you've all seen the pictures of the white uh, buildings with blue roofs. I mean, just absolutely gorgeous, but there is so many different beaches there that are all uniquely different. That is just unlike anywhere else that I've ever been. It's quiet. um, And beautiful. And I, I mean, the food is absolutely wonderful. This is all, everything's fresh, right? Like just the, the produce is extremely fresh. The, The meat is fresh, uh, very wonderful. If you like Mediterranean food, who doesn't? Obviously, this is the peak of of the place to get it. So big fan of everything that Santorini offers, and I feel very lucky to have been there.
3: Number three for me, uh, a place that I would live in the surrounding areas of but then frequent very much, we have hosted a draft show from this city. I'm a big fan of the gambling scene. Las Vegas Nevada number three for me on the list there is just something special about Las Vegas I know it is not a city for everybody it is not something that everybody uh, enjoys not people don't don't like gambling probably don't like it but there is just something about being in Vegas. When you're there for an extended period of time, whether it's on a trip or for work or for whatever the case may be, there's just something special about being in that atmosphere. And so I enjoy it every time I go. It's a yearly tradition. I go with uh, some, some, fr- some family friends that I've known for a long time. Just something that we always do. And so Las Vegas for me number three on the list.
2: Number three for me is also an international destination. Did quite a bit as a kid. Venice. Guys, have been? Joe, you ever been to Venice? Mm, No, I would love to go. Oh, you want to talk about a blend of experiences in the city, and the boats, and the water, and the food, and the history, like Chris was talking about with Washington DC. What a, a an absolutely wild smorgasbord of of experiences that Venice has to offer. I did a trip when I was a kid. Went overseas three times in my teens and we did a trip that went to um, just the Alps, which was, you know, Austria and Switzerland. And then we had another trip that went to uh, Austria, Switzerland, Germany, Italy, France. It was this whole gambit. And then I went to London, uh, England and, and Southern England for a week, uh, my third. And that one was a school. And out of all of the cities that we stayed, Venice was the second most impactful city. And because of that, it is number three on my list.
1: Uh, Number two for me, um, I went with East Aurora, New York. Um, Obviously not a place I think a lot of people are going to be familiar with, but it's it's right outside of Orchard Park, which is where the Bills play. And, you know, I, I... was born in Western New York. I lived there for the first 10 plus years of my life. So i have always going to feel deeply connected to the region. Um, but I think my favorite place to be in Western New York is in East Aurora, where it's just a really quaint town, um, clean, just a very beautiful downtown that um, has like legitimate shops and restaurants that I like to go to. I think the best chicken wings in Western New York can be found in East Aurora at Barbill. Um, you're right next to Orchard Park, so you can you can of course go to Bill's games and enjoy that restaurant scene as well. Uh, but just the layout, it feels like it's got some space there. Um, you got some really beautiful homes that are spread out, and almost has a little bit of a of a country feel, uh, kind of like if I'm driving through some of the places in North Carolina where I currently live. But very, just a very different look, and I mean. When it snows there it's absolutely beautiful. So I think it's a it's a spot that that I could settle on for me that allows me to connect with a place that means a lot to me.
3: Number 2 for me, Joe was talking about beach towns earlier and I think this is one of the best beach towns in all of the United States of America. It has a baseball park right nearby. It has a great beaches. It has great. great food. It has Great everything there. Pittsburgh. There is great weather for a good portion of the year. It's always nice in this place. San Diego. San Diego, California, <laughs> number two for me on the list. I There's not a lot. I don't like L.A. I think L.A. is very crowded. I've been to L.A. Just not my thing. San Diego, just it hits different. It is just Dude, one of those places so that you just there's just the, the, the cool weather, the beaches, I'm a huge baseball guy. Petco Park being literally in the middle of downtown San Diego. Gas Lamp District is just awesome with restaurants and live music. It's just incredible. I would live in San Diego, too. It wasn't so expensive, but San Diego,
1: California for me, number two on the list. I've always wanted to go there, man. Hey, did you go to the San Diego Zoo? I love the zoo. I'm sorry. You're a big zoo
3: guy.
2: I have never been to the. I have never been to the zoo. No.
1: Yeah, I'd love to go there.
2: Number two for me, it's also an international destination that I'm going to come back home. I said that that Venice was the number two most impactful city in my travels, uh, and impactful I've been by by um, leaving an impression on like, wow, I'd like to come back here. I've been a lot of places that that have really given me perspective on the world and the vastness of it, and and the. And just the, the variety of backgrounds and cultures that that exist. And, and I, I valued every single one of those. But if I had to pick another city that I would say. Dusseldorf, Germany. Yes. No, it's no, one. it's close. It's the right area, right area of the country, though. Right, right area of the world. Uh, it is Vienna. I don't know if you guys know anything about Vienna or not. But that is a. You want to talk about. A blend, again, of history, metropolitan, outdoor things to do, cultural immersement. It is a tremendous blend of all of those things. And, and we went twice. Uh, so I've been there twice. Uh, I went once when I was 15 and the other time when I was 18. So I'm sure it'd be a little different going as an adult now and and experiencing more of the city and and a little bit more free to to choose and do as you want. But it just had everything. And the second time we went and we found that we were going back, I was super excited then, never mind what I would be now. So uh, Vienna and Venice, two international destinations for me on, on my travels.
1: Number one for me is of no surprise. We talked about it yesterday. It's Bozeman, <laughs> Bozeman Montana. There it is. Uh, it's a stunning place. Wide open spaces, tons of wildlife. I mean, just driving down the road, see a buffalo, wolf, bald eagle. Uh, what are those? Bighorn sheep. Um, it's just bears. I mean, just a stunning wildlife scene. Beautiful. The Pacific Northwest is just. Gorgeous, right, with the mountains that they have there and um, the scenery is 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 unbelievable. Um, I don't think you'll find a better steak in the world outside of Montana. They're known for that. It's ranch country out there. They, they've got some really good beef. Um, and uh, it's quiet. It's um, people that are proud of where they're from. I know it's getting a little bit touristy, and I'm sure that's to the – you know, some of those people probably aren't too happy about that, but I, I that's one of those places where I, I left and I felt just really, really grateful to have been there and we're planning a trip to go back this year. So uh, big fan of Bozeman, Montana.
3: Number one for me, just like my good friend Joseph J. Marino, I am unapologetically a fan of country music. I am also an unapologetic fan of live music. I am an unapologetic fan of good food. And you know what has country music, live music, and good food? and is a bustling, up-and-coming metropolis of the great United States of America— Nashville, Tennessee, number one for me on the list. I went there for the 2019 NFL draft. It was the first time that I have been there. Uh, I fell in love with that city that weekend. There is just something fun about all of the live music that takes place every weekend down there. Up and coming country music stars are there. They have great food. Broadway downtown is awesome, they've got a hockey team right downtown. That, that fan base goes crazy for just so much fun there in Nashville. So Nashville, Tennessee, for me, number one on my top five cities i visited visited. Well,
2: Chris, I, I hope you don't take this the wrong way. But Nashville was a runner up for me. Uh, it was honorable mention. But number one, had a couple different criteria that I thought about here. Joe, why why are you laughing? Because here's
1: here's the Kyle build up the suspense. I'm and I'm sitting here thinking, trying to think of what it is. I know you well, well. You know what I mean.
2: My favorite city has all of the things that I talked about. Miami it, Gardens, it, Florida. It has <laughs> metropolitan downtown experience. It's outdoor experiences. Has good views, good opportunities, things that are very close by. But it also Loading. has. Also has my favorite person, Charlotte, North Carolina, because every time I go down, I get to hang out with my good buddy Joe Marino. Oh, so that is that. my. Is this a joke? My favorite city in America here at the top is Joe Marino's Charlotte, North Carolina.
3: I don't believe you. No, it's true. It's number one. This they have live, they have live music now. That's why it's
2: number one. Dave Tepper brought out live music too, and that that really <laughs> so pushed it you, up the board.
1: I know you're such a fan. Of Charlotte. It's, I mean, it's a, I think it's a great place to live.
2: Well, I'll be honest. If you didn't live in Charlotte, it wouldn't be number one. But you do live in Charlotte, so it wow. is number one.
1: Yeah. You're buttering me up for Bill's Dolphins on Sunday. Yeah, I you can watch Skylar Thompson here.
2: go out here and throw three picks. Listen, Outstanding. Can't wait. It
1: changes. It changes the game. It changes the yeah, game. Yeah, this and collective
2: I had, sigh of relief. No,
1: we, we had the pod before the pod yesterday. We had our Bill's <laughs> Dolphins debrief. Kyle and I just talking it through, right, man to man. So that happened yesterday. Um, so we, we know where we're at. Uh the,
2: the line has moved live on the show from nine to thirteen points, by the way. <laughs>
1: you know what the thing you is? You heard like, that
2: sigh of relief, Chris.
1: No, no, it doesn't the, side of the re, it makes <laughs> me more nervous. It makes me more nervous because like it's just you, this ain't how you want to go down. You know what I mean? If you're the Bills. Skylar Thompson at your place in the wild card round. I hope nobody took the over on 47. It's down to 44. Now
2: game totals (laughs) down to 44 massive swing here. Live on the air. Unbelievable. Yeah, there you go. So Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. We thank all our friends. Uh, for checking in on the show. We thank our friends over at online for their continued support of the podcast as well. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert, appreciate you guys checking out the show. Come on back, see us again tomorrow for Two Truths and a Lie and Takes on Takes. We'll have a good one for you, as we always do.
0: So we hope to see you then. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review want more head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at the draft network on twitter instagram and youtube
1: thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube